We are meant to show up and help each other. Ask for help and be coachable, be helpable. That is the greatest way that anybody can grow and change. And as soon as you speak the thing that's the scariest to you out loud, it diminishes all the fear around it. It takes away its power. Win Monday Nation, what is going on? I could not be more fired up to spend this time with you today with Jamie Hess. Let me tell you a little bit about Jamie. So for one, this feels like Thunder Buddies for Life because we're recently acquainted through this awesome speaking group of Impact 11 and beyond, and she is just a badass thought leader. And trust me, she's going to be spitting some fire today. But let me tell you a little bit about her. So not only a global thought leader specializing in, and this will resonate because when Monday, what do we always say? One decision, one action, one behavior at a time. So Jamie is an expert in radical behavior change. Also, a wellness entrepreneur, a media personality, a podcaster, and more to come on that, and a one-to-one coach who helps people get out of their own way in order to shine. Love that about her. And also for those of you on Instagram, she has been the creator of one of the most popular fitness accounts on Instagram. So Jamie, how did I do? Welcome to the show. Let's do this. You did amazing. Keep it coming. I love hearing all these cool things about myself. Pretty awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, it's always one of those funny things that I was talking to actually you and I, the last time we at least virtually saw each other, it was for the virtual book launch of better decisions faster. And I know that LGO and Laura Gassner Odding and Win Monday's massive fan of hers. We were talking about a lot of this and, you know, she almost, she tells you respectfully that she's like, oh, when people say, oh, good morning, American. I know like in your case, GMA and The View and Today and the Cheddar TV and Washington Post and Observer and all that stuff. And she's like, dude, it almost doesn't feel real. Like it's it's factual, but same thing with me. Like people drop all these things and I'm like, oh shit, yeah. that's Paul. Like, okay, yeah. like, okay. all right, game on. Let's just have a human convo. That's it. Totally. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool, you know? And it's funny because like I grew up around, you know, my mom is Joan London. She hosted Good Morning America for almost 20 years. And so I grew up on and around television and for many years, I was speaking on TV on behalf of brands because I was a fitness and wellness brand ambassador. That's a lot of what I did on Instagram and then on television. Yep. What's been cool over the last two years, Paul, is like doing it on behalf of myself and mm. my, my thought leadership. And that's when it really started to feel cool because I was like, okay, I can go on there and I can talk about, you know, a better for you snack or, you know, Metamucil. <laughs> I can try to help get people regular and that's all good. We all need it. But to really help people one behavior change at a time, that's where you feel like you're making a difference. Well, and I I love this riff on brands too, because, okay, if we go down the better decisions faster lane, everybody listening to this knows all about the head, heart, hands equation. And I I give this analogy too, you know, like when I was the sports guy and I was the keynoter at an NFL league office meeting, and I was speaking a lot from the head, but now I speak almost exclusively from the heart. And it's just different. So to hear you riff on kind of the brands of yesterday versus now you are the brand and Mm -hmm. this is your story. I bet you there's a whole lot more heart in what you're doing today than yesterday, yesteryear. Somebody asked me a really important question about two years ago. He looked me straight in the eyes and he said, Jamie, do you want to be an influencer for the rest of your life? Or do you want to be a thought leader? Mm. Like, oh, it was like a knife to Uh... my Because the reality is, he was like, dude, I got to ask you, like, do you want to be 50 and doing like 
a hoedown for children's vitamins and like a skit for band-aids and whatever the heck you're doing on Instagram, which by the way, not knocking any of it. God bless, because here's the thing. I was in PR and marketing for 17 years. I was a high-level executive. I ran the book of business on McDonald's, General Motors, Pernod Ricard, LinkedIn, W Hotels Worldwide. I did the do. Like I worked in the, the agency life, corporate sector, whatever. Had a big girl job. What a time to be alive that this little Instagram account that I had where I was just sharing my passion for fitness and wellness took off and became, you know, a multi six figure a year side hustle that obviously started outpacing my full hustle. And I was like, see ya. And went, <laughs> but at a certain point, you got to think about that and say, who at the end of the day, who do I want to show up as? Mm. I'm so grateful. I've been able to be an ambassador for these brands and help them get their, their word out there. But what about my word? Mm. Mm. So that's what you've been up to lately. And we're going to unpack a lot of the present and the future. But let's start in the past. Because if I didn't know you how I know you, I could just poke around, look at your digital footprint, go to your website here. But I know this is a big part of your ethos because there is this story of resilience. But I see the words addicted and unhealthy. Mm. Talk to us about that. So this is kind of my like funny mic drop moment because, you know, today I I probably don't look like your common everyday hopeless struggling drug addict, but I was, and then some, and I always joke on stage, like I was never supposed to be a drug addict. You know, my mom like (laughs) had this big job on GMA and she was truly like America's mom. People Mm. looked at my mom as like American as apple pie. And she really represented everything a working mother should be. And to say that she never expected to have a a daughter that would get into this type of trouble is an understatement. It just never occurred to her. But I think, Paul, that in looking up to her, do you ever look up to somebody so much? It could be like a family member. It could be an entrepreneur or a thought leader that you're really, you admire. Mm. They seem so high up there that you're kind of like, it ain't me. Like, that could never be me. And it seems so unattainable that you just kind of run the other direction. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what happened to me in my teens. And I just never really thought I'd be able to live up to this amazing footprint that she had kind of set for us, me and my sisters. And I was like, you know what? I'm making my own path. And I just got, I really got sucked in in the nineties to like the rave scene. It was, it was a time. It was a time. And I really went down this path that, even as I went into my 20s and I was starting to be like a high achieving public relations, you know, junior executive at that time in my early 20s, I was living this life of total duality because what people didn't know is that I was going to the office during the day, but I was like awake all night, out partying, living the life of champagne and cocaine and amphetamines, yeah. all these really dark, terrible drugs that really brought me to my knees. And so when I got sober, when I found recovery, I gained, this is the cool thing about, about recovery. You know, addiction is the only disease that leaves you in a better state than before you had it. If you take recovery seriously. So like you had mm. cancer, you do chemo, you just no longer have cancer, right? Maybe you get some new eating habits. And so that'd be good too. Right. But like oftentimes you're in a remission from a disease. You're just in remission Sure. with addiction. The treatment is really this deep spiritual application that you really have to wrap your head around in order to yeah. cover. And how cool is that? Because I came out on the other side with this new blueprint for living, which I ended up then bringing into the workplace. I ended up bringing into the rest of my life. It got me involved in fitness and wellness and self-betterment. And that became my roadmap for who I am now. Mm. To win Monday and beyond, we all know that confidence is the ante to play. And I want to help. So if you haven't already, 
head over to my website and take your very own confidence quiz, where you'll walk away knowing your confidence score, one to 100. You'll also get my 12 keys to build and sustain unshakable confidence. Your quiz is waiting at paulepsteinspeaks.com. May Navbar hit confidence quiz. Again, that's paulepsteinspeaks.com and you'll find your very own confidence quiz right there in the main nav bar. With that, let's get back to the show. What was the point where you said enough is enough? You were speeding through this and and trust me, I while maybe I would never say anything about addiction, I certainly know that let's just say parting was a whole lot more important to me at a very extreme level at one stage of my life than than it, it currently is, but Needless to say, back to you, what was the point Like where you just said, like, dude, enough is enough. I have to create a behavior change. What was that point? Well, here's the crazy thing. I mean, I could tell you stories that would literally, they would surprise you. Let's just say that. I went through many years of pretty dark lows. And what I found out is that your bottom can always have a trap door. Like it can get worse. When you think it's like at its worst, because I was a chronic relapser for the first couple of years I was in recovery. I just couldn't get it. And like all my yets came true. At the end, I wasn't unemployed and unemployable yet. I hadn't lost my friends and family yet. I hadn't lost my apartment and become homeless yet. It all happened before the final time I got sober. And so my bottom had a trap door. But the reality is like I was in a very dark place and I was taking amphetamines. And so being awake for days at a time you literally go through amphetamine psychosis. I was a very sick and suffering drug addict. But the crazy thing is this, if the fear of any of that were enough to keep me sober, I would have gotten sober a long time prior. Mm. If ambulance rides were enough to keep me sober, scare me straight, I would have gotten sober a long time prior. What keeps me sober and in recovery every day is loving this life that I found on this side of things with all the personal development that comes with it and a spiritual approach and an attitude of gratitude. I love that so much that you will pry that from my cold, dead hands before I go out and use again. That's the difference. The fear of being out there and partying and even psychosis and losing everything. Unfortunately, when you're in your addiction, if you're really an addict, it's actually not enough. It it won't propel you to change because the addiction is just too strong. The only thing that can get you better is loving this new life that you get so much that you won't give it up for anything. It's kind of crazy. Because in, it's a sports metaphor, kind of, but it's just in my old environment, I always used to be asked, this was actually an interview question very early in my journey. And somebody asked me, and I then, when I became a hiring manager years later, I started to institute this into my interviews as well. They said, do you hate to lose or do you love to win? And like, as you were saying that right now, it like really took me back. And I'm like, holy shit, like, you know, because my answer, and and by the way, at least for the folks in my old space, I was in the minority. I said, I love to win. Like other people were so obsessed with like the pain of loss. And like, that's what got them out of bed. And that one person didn't believe in me. And, and they have this chip on their shoulder. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like you're, you're wound up. Like I just really enjoy winning. And if I didn't win today, then I just want to win tomorrow. But like, I'm not pissed off about yesterday. But anyways, I found this interesting kind of tangential metaphor to what you said of like your losses, these rock bottom points, these fearful things weren't what got you to change. It was this love of the future 
and the love of what you would build and probably in your case, rebuild. That's absolutely right, Paul. And I love what you just said, because what you just said, what I'm hearing, right? Hating to lose or for me being scared of going back to the dark side. You know, that's a lot about like white knuckling it. You got to like white knuckle yourself and try to claw your way out. Like it doesn't really work. Mm. Loving to win and wanting to recover really requires a little more nuance. There's got to be a little more grace in there. For me, it was developing this attitude of gratitude through prayer and meditation and all of these different things that I had never really explored before. I was so busy numbing out, right? But Mm -hmm. I considered finding gratitude. And when I say gratitude, yeah, look, I'm just grateful to be here every single day. I wake up and I'm 20 years sober. The novelty still hasn't worn off. I wake up and I'm like, dude, just happy to be here. Yep. Also learning to be grateful for the challenges. Like instead of numbing out against them and being so scared of a challenge, what about I had a struggle with a friend? I had a fight with a friend. Wow. So grateful for this chance to practice empathy. I had a difficult challenge with a colleague at work. Man, I'm so grateful for this chance to practice patience. I have to have a really scary conversation with my boss. What an amazing opportunity to practice courage. So it's about finding gratitude and leaning into change. And that's really what I teach in what, you know, what I talk about today on stage. Yeah, this is awesome. Uh, Literally tomorrow at, at the time we're recording this in less than 24 hours, I'll be doing a keynote on change. And one of these, these principles, which again, we're all kind of paraphrasing what each other are saying here, but it's the classic thing that if you replace the word of failure, right? So the world thinks that there's success and failure. I'm like, no, screw that. There's success or learning, success or growth, success or evolution, success or adaptation, like all these things, right? But like, if you replace this concept of failure, it's only a failure if you refuse to learn. It's only a failure if you never get up. But if you're like, well, fuck that. Like it didn't work out. Okay. But like, what did I learn from it? What am I grateful for because of this, you know, kind of like negative situation? But like, how can I prevent this in the future? How can I rise above it? So I absolutely love this. Let's bring in our Win Monday Nation though. Okay, from your site directly, and I know we're going through a whole 2.0, but I still think this is relevant to today's conversation. I read, we beat ourselves up for our mistakes or wait until we hit rock bottom to make a change but there's only one right time to take a step in the right direction. And so my piece here is, what if somebody listening into this is currently in that rock bottom moment? Like maybe they're just going through a really toxic chapter in their life. What's something simple and practical that they can do immediately to hopefully have a positive trajectory going forward? Absolutely. Look, having a daily gratitude practice is one of the most, it's science, science proven, one of the most effective things you can do to increase joy, decrease physical pain, and actually boost your immunity, improve your self-esteem, and also even do better at work. So you want to do a gratitude journal? Great. I think gratitude journals can be a little bit, you know, we don't, we don't always do them, but here's what I love. A piece of advice that I got from an old timer in, in 12 step recovery. When I first went in, you know, when I first went in, I had no concept of God or spirituality and whether you do or you don't, you know, it doesn't really, I don't care. That's your own personal journey, but I didn't, I was very uncomfortable with the G word. And so I, I, I took that on to have a different meaning and it was gratitude on demand. How can I pull up this gratitude on demand and have that be kind of this fundamental spirituality for myself? And so this old timer came up to me and he goes, it's okay, kid. You can, you can be an atheist. You don't have to believe in God. Let me ask you a question. You got a bar of soap. I said, 
Yeah, I got a bar of soap. He goes, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go into your bathroom in the morning. You take that bar of soap. I want you to write H-E-L-P on your mirror. Now that stands for his ever loving presence, but you don't got to worry about that. Just ask for help. I took a deep breath with that. Okay, ask the universe for help. He goes, okay, at the end of the day, I want you to go back in. I want you to wipe it off and just write thank you. What I didn't understand about prayer and meditation, I thought it was religious, what I was hearing them talk about. What I didn't understand is prayer is just asking the universe for help and meditation is just listening for the answer. He was asking me, can you ask for help in the morning for the universe to give you some sort of divine guidance, right? And be ready. It might come in a lesson. It might not be like the universe handing you a million dollars. It might come in a lesson, like a rude commuter on the subway. Great. What a chance to practice empathy or whatever, right? Yep, yep. And at the end of the day, just saying thank you, saying, got it, received it, received the divine download, acknowledging it. Thanks for giving it to me. And that gratitude practice did me good for a long time. It was the only one I had in my life and it really changed my life for a long time. Mm. That's so cool. And you know, going back to the beginning of your thought there too, I probably fall in a similar camp as you that I used to do the gratitude journal. And even I know a lot of folks can't see me on video right now, but even the way I express myself to you, you could tell that like, eh, not quite my thing anymore, but I don't bash it. I think it's beautiful. I think it's a beautiful place to start, but then you got to like morph whatever that practice is to make it feel authentic to you. So my thing is I heard one of my favorite thought leaders, Ed Milet, and he had this thing about what do I get to do versus what do I have to do? And so that resonated with me. And so the way I thought about it was like, okay, cool. Let me pull up my calendar in the morning. And instead of looking at something like, oh, I have to hop on this Zoom meeting, I get to virtually connect with these 12 awesome human beings. It's the same thing, same exact thing on the calendar, but this transformation of have to, to get to, but making it real. Like I'm not bullshit. Like I'm looking at my calendar. I'm like this one thing that's kind of an eye roll right now can become a space of gratitude. If I just have a different mindset to filter it through. A hundred percent. And, you know, looking at everything as an opportunity to serve, right. To like, to be a a person of impact. And the reason I like the H-E-L-P thing, the the soap thing is because in general, for me, when I take an action, a physical action, a somatic movement action, it really helps ingrain it a little more. So just writing in a gratitude journal, like I might not do it, or I don't know, it's a little personal and and small. It's a little small. By the way, not knocking gratitude journals, but if you talk to our buddy, Chris Shembra, who's an Impact 11 guy, another guy who studies gratitude, he actually, you know, we always, as speakers, we sometimes look at what do we stand for and what are we kind of against? Funny enough, he's kind of against gratitude journals. And I thought that was funny. I was like, what's your beef with gratitude journals? But he said, you know, it's gratitude's a pro-social experience. And to think that you're going to get this entire thing of gratitude by just sitting in your own room every day, journaling, he's like, I think we're missing the mark. So Mm. I think there's a lot of different ways to express gratitude. And that's why I always acknowledge when I first get on the stage and I say, we're going to be talking about gratitudeology today, which is, you know, this this concept and the system I came up with. And let me, before we get into it, let me ask you, how many of you, when you heard today's thing was about gratitude, did a little eye roll and it's okay. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Like you can tell me. And, you know, a few of the dudes kind of like, oh, sheepishly raised. <laughs> and I say, it's okay, because gratitude's gotten super watered down. So let me just start yeah. off by saying, this ain't your grandma's gratitude, okay? this We're not talking about a Pollyanna princess version of gratitude. I'm here to help you earn more, stress less, be of greater service, increase your impact, and 10X your income. Would you like to do that? 
And if I told you there was a way to do that by reframing gratitude, would that be interesting? Can I get an amen? And everybody raises their hand. This is outcome-driven gratitude. And so for me, this is dead serious because I almost died. So this stuff is real as a heart attack to me. So it's a little bit, to put it in just like a a gratitude journal is a little myopic and it's a little small for me. So I agree with Chris. (laughs) I think it's a little bit small. And we've gotten like, that's the one application of it that everybody knows. And so I think like, let's just move past that. Yeah. And and look, when you have one practice, it's a little bumper stickery and I prefer a lifestyle. You know, when you talk about behavior change, that's a lifestyle. I, I, I used to speak all the time and I still do in spirit, but I used to be known as the why guy or the purpose guy. And I was known as the why coach of the Niners. And so the problem with those words, I love what they mean, but I don't like how the world perceives them because the world thinks that there's some North Star. And the problem with the North Star is when I'm in a tough spot, I don't know what the hell to do with that on Monday morning. Speaking of win Monday, I don't know how to win Monday if I just constantly bank on this North Star. But if I make it a lifestyle with purpose, on purpose, more purpose in my daily behaviors, decisions, and actions, like, oh, now I'm like, oh, intentionality, ownership, awareness, like, oh, I can get more behavioral about those things versus something warm and fuzzy and fluffy like purpose. And so I kind of had to go against my own grain to be like, not everyone's going to drink the Kool-Aid like you. So how do you make it accessible to the world? Right. And, and so here's where I want to go. Okay. So you gave a couple of examples and I, I want to get super tactical with you. Cause I know that we could have an awesome conversation about this. What else do you do on a day-to-day basis? Kind of your daily habits, daily rituals, anything that you feel like when Monday nation, if you took part in these practices, I believe that you can achieve the outcomes that you just described. So would love to just hear maybe a one or two examples of tactical things that you do. Absolutely. So let's talk morning routine, right? Because I really yeah. do believe that the day is one in the morning. I'm sure you know you- 100%. Agree. And how you start your morning is how you start your day. So there's a couple of non-negotiables that have to happen in the morning. And for me, intentional movement is one of them. You know, I mean, exercise just can't be understated. I started as a fitness influencer. It's not my end-all be-all now, but it is- Everything else is anchored around that, not just because I want to have a hot body. We all want to have a hot body. I want to show myself that I can show up for myself. Mm. That is why I make a commitment and I work out. That is why mm. my workout is on the calendar with myself, like an appointment, like it would be with a, if I have a Zoom with the CMO of a you know multi-million dollar company, it's just as important as that Zoom, right? So that's number one. Number two, I really believe in the power of something called scripting. So it's a very specific form of manifestation. So a manifestation's also gotten kind of a fluffy, bad name. Yeah, a little bit. A little, a little bit. bit. And it's funny, I actually was really into it and I didn't know that it had this kind of like bad name. <laughs> I just thought it was kind of cool. And I was interviewing a, a woman named Roxy Nafusi on one of my podcasts. And she's like known as the manifestation queen. And my other two co-hosts were like, and eh, manifestation, like, you know, they kind of looked at it as like the Gen Z thing. Like it's on a t-shirt, like shut up, man, can't talk manifesting. You know what I mean? Or like what, like, as if you just say something and then it happens in your life. And I'm like, do people really believe that? Maybe I guess they do. Here's the deal. Scripting is a very specific form of manifestation where you state the action as if it has already happened and you have to have a date by which it's occurred. So I'll give you an example. I read these to you earlier, Paul. So I'm going to give, I'm going to Get out my notebook. I have my little scripting notebook here. Here's one that I recorded recently. And I do five of them every morning. 
So as I just mentioned, I had a podcast for the last four years. It's called Off the Gram. I'm sunsetting it this month. I feel like after four years, I accomplished what I set out to do. I just am ready to evolve. My new podcast that's coming out, it's called the Gratitudeology Podcast. It is launching in February of 24. I've been in production on it for three months already. It's a huge heavy lift and I'm so excited about it. So my first one here is I have a top 10 podcast by March of 24. Now, you mm. see how I said that? It's already mm-hmm. in my brain. Your brain literally doesn't know the difference when you say it that way, right? Because we have our conscious and our subconscious. Your brain, there's a part of your brain that doesn't know the difference if that's true or not. I am convincing my brain to operate as if this thing has taken place. So yeah. I'm not going to sit today and is this podcast going to be successful? Fuck that. Yes, this podcast is going to be successful. Not only is it going to be successful, it is going to be a top 10 podcast by when? By one month after when we launch people. That is where I am living today, okay? And that is now where I'm living when I get on the phone, on the Zoom with my potential brand partners. That is where I'm living when I get on the Zoom with the assistant or the PR rep for celebrities I want to book. That is where I am living. And that's where I'm I'm operating from. Some of them are also just intentions, right? I have read five mindset books by December of 23 because I told you earlier, I've gotten too caught in the doing. I got a little bit, I stepped back from the learning and the growing. I want to read five books by December. But if I just say I want to do it, it's just going to go on the back of the priority list. I have read five mindset books by December of 23. What's the first one that I have read? Oh, Funny, Better Decisions Faster by Paul Epstein. It was the first one on my list, on my pile of books next to my bed. So I'm deep in it. Because here's the thing. By me just saying I want to do these things, I'm in a passive seat. I'm I'm in the passenger seat. By putting myself in a position where I've already done it, I'm convincing myself that I can, I will, I did, it's happened. And I gave it like a sell-by date, right? So it's a very, very powerful morning routine that you can do. Because here's the thing. I'm very much like the anti- bro morning routine girl. <laughs> I don't believe that we need to like get up at 427 to do 47 minutes of cardio, cold plunge, do an infrared sauna, blah, 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 blah. We got a microdose mushrooms. No, we don't. Okay. <laughs> too much. Too much. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> it's too much. Nobody can do it. It's not realistic. So then you're just going to hit snooze and be like, screw it. Yeah. Get up, get your workout in, script five things that are big goals and get on with your day and you're going to be in a good place. Mm, okay. Two quick hits. The first is almost like instant. Are you saying script every morning and you're scripting five new things every morning? Did I hear that right? I am. Sometimes I repeat things if the, if I'm feeling called to repeat them. Got it. Okay, cool. Just wanted to clarify because I think specificity is, is key here. All right. I didn't think I was going to ask you this, but let's go here. All right. I, as your homie and partner in crime here, like I believe that March of 24, you will be raising a glass of a non-adult beverage. Okay. I'll catch myself there, but you will be celebrating what you just said you will do. It has happened. Right. But let me just play devil's advocate here. Sure. What if it doesn't happen? Like what if, what if April 1st of 2024 happens and the show's going well, but you have not achieved or accomplished this thing that you scripted a handful of months before, then what? Well, that's okay, right? Because nobody's judging me against my own yardstick. The point is Mm. I'm scripting new things all the time. I'm not actually worried about that, to be honest, Paul. I'm not worried about it. It's going to take care of itself. What I'm worried about is how I operate today. Am I sitting in fear when I get on the calls with these 
big sponsors that I'm asking for a lot of money from because I believe in my product. I know what I'm selling is good. I know it's going to add value to them. But if I get on the phone and there's hesitation in my voice because I'm not really sure, and there's a little part of me that's like, what else? That's a problem, right? Mm. I just can't be my in my highest alignment for my highest assignment in that place. So I've got to get on the call. I've got to operate. I've got to go out there and do these interviews knowing that what I'm doing is winning. And so that's why I script that today. Whether or not that exact thing comes true by that exact date, no one's going to tell me I failed, right? But for right. me today, I'm living in that truth that it has happened that way. Well, and I love, look, you're here here on the Win Monday podcast and you just said this is about winning. And the reason you're winning, and I, it was kind of, you know this, I wasn't setting you up for a trap there, but I know you and yeah. I are aligned and like we would react the exact same way if for whatever reason the thing didn't happen because you're not worried about the outcome. Society right. is so fixated on outcome. You and I and the Win Monday Nation, we are focused on action. Yeah, exactly. We're focused on action. And what happens before an action? We make decisions. That's where this better decisions, faster thing comes from. And that's, maybe that's something also, here's, I don't know if we've ever said this on the podcast, but something that uh, a little life hack that, uh, and then I want to ask you for a hack of your own as well. But one of the, his name is Greg Holmes. He was the first ever head of sales for a little company called Zoom. This is a handful of years before they became a household name. Okay. And Zoom, uh, great friend. And he was like, I think first ever guest on my Playmakers podcast, great buddy, blah, blah, blah. And what Greg said is when we say delivering happiness at Zoom, it's not a mantra. It's this deeply rooted belief. And, you know, he told me about this practice of instead of future focused external happiness trap, I will be happy when dot, dot, dot. He said, flip it. I am happy because dot, dot, dot. So it's like a total present mm. versus future base. And I was like, ooh, that's good. That's good. So anyways, I, I, I think that's a cool little hack for Win Monday. If you want to be happy, don't think I'll be happy when dot, dot, dot. Think I am current state happy because dot, dot, dot. And that ties into gratitude. It's my favorite thing in the world. I say this all the time as a, as a coach. If I hear one thing more than anything else, it's I'll be happy when. Yeah, totally. They, they tell me what their goals are. And then they tell me that why, when they achieve that goal, they'll finally be at peace. I'll be happy when I get the new job. I'll be happy when I leave the husband, when I find a husband, you know, when I live on a tropical island, you are depriving yourself and probably the people around you of an opportunity for joy today. It is available today. I mm. promise you, you are missing a moment in the present. And that is the journey. The journey is that, because let me tell you something, when you achieve that thing, you'll find a new thing to fixate on. Totally. You'll set yourself up to never be happy. The goal posts keep moving further and further away. You make five bucks, you want 10. You get the four bedroom house, you want a six bedroom. Like it will never stop. There is no finish line. And the sooner you can come to grips with that, the sooner that you will have a winning perspective. So, okay. I love this so much. For one, before we go into the home stretch of this convo, please, where can we find you? Where can we follow you? How can Win Monday Nation become a part of your community going forward? Thank you so much for asking that. So I am NYC Fit Fam on Instagram, like a like New York City Fit Family kind of thing. NYC Fit Fam. That's where it all started for me. I also am can be found at meetjamiehess.com. That's my speaker site. 
And then also this Gratitudeology podcast is a very exciting project of mine. And you can get updates on that if you follow me on Instagram at Gratitudeology. So that's where I'll be announcing the official launch date and where you can find the uh, RSS feed to follow along. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love the spirit of Win Monday? Then join the Win Monday community, an elite tribe of like-minded and like-hearted people just like you and I on a mission to get 1% better every day with unshakable confidence. For Win Monday gear, motivation, and exclusive content just for you, you can find it all at paulepsteinspeaks.com. In the main navbar, click on community. paulepsteinspeaks.com, main navbar, hit community. With that, welcome in, and let's get back to the show. Okay, so home stretch here. Assume, Jamie, that even though we have many listeners listening in right now, right now you're just talking to one. And let's assume this is a coaching client of yours. So if you're listening in, you right now are at the table with Jamie Hess. And my question is, Jamie, what are the most common things that are tripping people up nowadays? Like when we say, man, I've lost some hope or some optimism or some belief. Maybe I'm not happy or fulfilled. Whatever you think the biggest hurdles and challenges are out there, like there's probably a common theme or thread that you're seeing that's tripping people up. So what is getting in the way? Vivek Murthy, our Surgeon General, just recently named loneliness as an epidemic. Like Mm. it's epidemic levels. Doing things in a vacuum, feeling alone, is making people feel really hopeless. And the reason it's happening, as you can imagine, is because like COVID and the lockdown and the this and the that and the sure. digital, right? Like we're living our lives in a screen and and everybody thinks I should be able to solve all my problems with an app. There's an app for that, right? There's gotta be an app. I can just do it by, my, by myself, scroll my way into completion. Uh-uh. Humans were not designed to live like that. We were designed to be together, to help each other, to be in community. So my original coaching program and and the name of the coaching program is still the Big Ask Method. I teach people to ask for the help that they need in achieving their goals, and I use accountability. It is all about accountability, starting and ending with accountability, hyper-local accountability. So I usually take my coaching clients through what they need to do using me as the accountability coach. But then in the second part of my coaching system, I start to offload them. I start to bring in a hyper-local accountability buddy. I say, okay, these are the things that are working. How can we set some of these things up? with your husband, with your coworker, with your friend, where you can start to ask them to hold you accountable to some of these benchmarks, right? Because I'm not going to be here forever, but it doesn't mean that you just fall off a cliff when our coaching ends. How can we set up some guardrails so you have other people that are going to help you with this accountability in your life? You don't have to do it alone. People just try to help themselves and and crawl out of holes and their ego and their pride. They don't tell people what's going on. You got to get vulnerable. You got to ask for help and you got to reach out your hand. And the last thing I'll say is a lot of people don't ask for help because, oh, I don't want to bother him. I don't want to bother her. You know, he he doesn't have time to help me. When you don't ask someone else for help, you are robbing them of an opportunity to show up and feel like a hero. People like to help each other. They do. So don't do that, right? Like we are meant to show up and help each other. Ask for help and be coachable, be helpable. That is the greatest way that anybody can grow and change. And as soon as you speak the thing that's the scariest to you out loud, it diminishes all the fear around it. It takes away its power. Mm. 
So good. Yeah, you you always hear about this thing of when you're feeling helpless, become helpful. Mm. And here's what I would argue in the exact scenario you just laid out. If you're listening into this and if you're thinking, oh, but they're too busy or they don't have the time or I don't want to bother them, just like Jamie just laid out. Remind me, Jamie, when you said you're robbing them of an opportunity to show up for you and, and feel like a hero. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like when you think of it less as a disturbance, when you think of this accountability less as like, oh, now I'm injecting myself in their life, you actually are doing them a massive favor. And I believe that what if, what if, so if you're feeling helpless and then you want to kind of reach out to somebody for that connection point and for that positive momentum that you need, well, what if they need it too? And what if you reaching out is the juice and the oxygen and the fuel for them? So now it's like two plus two equals 10. Like we're all winning in this game. And so that's really, Jamie, and I know this is why you're building and currently, you know, a couple months away from launching Gratitudeology. But did I say that right? By the way, that's a lot of syllables. Hold yeah. on. Gra- Gratitudeology. Right? Let me say it slower. <laughs> Got it. Study and practice of gratitude. It's simple, but it's to be studied. It's really to be focused on. Yeah. And I know that that's why you're doing it. You're doing it also to inspire, but you're also doing it for this radical behavior change, but you're also doing it to help people. You know, I always hear things like, oh, you can't change the world and oh, you could change a life and you could change it one action, one behavior at a time. So with that, Jamie, final question for you. You've given us a lot of tips, a lot of insights, a lot of unique perspectives here on how we can win Monday for you, like let's, let's do a real life scripting thing right now. If you think about the excitement and the passion that you have for all the things in your future, if you could script something out that you've never written down in your morning ritual, but you want to openly share it with our win Monday nation, this is the, we are going to be your accountability partners here. Mm -hmm. Just give us one thing that if you wave a wand, what's your next script? And Feel free to be open and share that with us. I will speak on a stage in an arena by Q3 of next year of 2024. And the reason will be because I believe that the world needs a message of gratitude now more than ever. And I will make that message of impact. Mm. Well, I worked in the NBA for some years, so maybe uh, we should talk offline about that. That might be an interesting piece. Maybe this was all meant to be. Jamie, from the bottom of our hearts and the entire Win Monday Nation, thank you so much for being on our podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. Another fire episode of the Win Monday podcast is in the books. If you gain value from today's conversation, don't forget to subscribe and share it as we grow our Win Monday Nation together. Until the next time, let the rest of the world fantasize about Friday. You and I, we choose to win Monday.